It's the How Games Make Money podcast. On this week's episode, I'm talking with Ben Decker from Microsoft and Mike Crump from The Coalition about Gears Tactics. We'll get into that and more very soon. First, though, I want to thank everybody for joining us. You can get more from me at gamesbeat.com. You can email the uh, podcast at games plus podcast at venturebeat.com. That's the plus sign. Or get me on Twitter at Jeff Grubb and or ping the show at, at HGMM show on Twitter as well. If you want to help people discover the show, that would really help out. Uh, tell a friend. That's the best thing you could do. You can also rate us on iTunes or Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening. That'll help as well. Okay, let's get into this episode. Gears Tactics is coming out very soon, so with that in mind, I sat down with Xbox marketing boss Ben Decker and Coalition Director of Operations Mike, and we discuss building Gears Tactics for PC first, how building something for Game Pass might change the way you approach the business model and microtransactions, and everything in between. That conversation's coming up right now. Okay, let's get right into it. So joining me now is Ben Decker and Mike Crump. I'm going to have Ben say hi to everybody first. Go ahead and say hi. Hi, everybody. And then Mike, go ahead. Hi there. So first question, what was the thinking behind making a game like Gears Tactics? Yeah, sure. I mean, for Gears Tactics, really for us, it's about expanding the Gears franchise to reach new audiences on a new genre. uh, And the tactics genre just felt like a really authentic fit for Gears of War. Uh, the whole genre is really rooted in like squad-based, cover-based combat, uh, mm-hmm. both of which are kind of mainstays of the Gears franchise. Uh, and so, you know, looking at the, the tactics genre uh, and looking at where it's most successful, I mean, it's, it is really, uh, you know, a pillar, I would say, of the PC gaming uh, market. And so it just seemed like a great opportunity for us to take gears to to the PC gaming market and to reach a whole different audience of players. So you know that's for us that was kind of the main the main thrust or the main reason we wanted to make the game. Uh, and in terms of business model, I mean, uh, you know, we're we want to reach gamers wherever they are. So you know, the game's available next week on uh, Windows 10 and on Steam, and through Xbox Game Pass for PC, which is just a for us, a really fantastic way of reaching an audience that might not otherwise um, ever really try the game. How did the team come to the decision to build Gears Tactics as a PC first game? I see. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we really we wanted to make sure that we we're really focused on giving the PC gamer everything they expect from a, a PC game. Um, this this game was kind of built from the ground up by PC gamers for PC gamers. And uh, we wanted to make sure we were just focused on that, that we weren't somehow diluting the experience by trying to um, balance both what console gamers and PC gamers wanted at the same time. And, um, you know, PC gamers are pretty demanding audience and they have very specific things that they want to see in a PC game. And we wanted to make sure that we were kind of laser focused on delivering an experience that they were going to love. Um, so that, you know, that's everything from building it to scale, to run well on laptops, like including machines that don't have a discrete graphics card all the way up to a, a super high-end gaming rig that someone may have invested in. And we want to deliver something really exceptional for that player as well. Um, you know, the settings and customization that you're able to do, PC gamers love to be able to adjust all the video details 
to max out, um, you know, what they can get out of their GPU and their gaming rig. So we spent a lot of time and effort on that, making sure the players have the ability to control and tweak the game to their preference. So, yeah, I mean, I think the rationale really was just we wanted to make sure we were really focused on what the market and what the gamer wanted for PC first. And you know, Jeff, one of the things we've found is that most gamers play across a variety of devices. They play mm-hmm. on consoles, they play on PCs, they play on their phones. And really what we've looked to do from a studio's perspective, as well as what we look to do with Game Pass, is really bring those games and those franchises that uh, our fans love across all those different platforms. You know, Phil puts it best when he says, uh, you know, we're looking to bring the games, you, we're looking to to help you play the games you want with the people you want on the devices you want. In E3 a few years back, Phil Phil Spencer talking about how he would look at the data and he would see that players are spending a lot of time with like one or two games in their rotation. He used himself as an example. He's, he played Destiny for 700 hours or something like that. And the suggestion there was that maybe Microsoft would focus their focus its development efforts on those kinds of games, big online live service games. But that's not how it's panned out. Microsoft has made those kinds of games, absolutely. But now we're also getting stuff like Gears Tactics, which is single player, no microtransactions, story-based. How is it that you are able to make both? Well, you know, Jeff, I think that, uh, you know, Game Pass in particular, I think, has been a hit with uh, hit with our fans, and it has it's it's really been a big unlock for uh, for the entire Xbox ecosystem. But it's also being a been a big hit with developers, and that I think the big reason for that is the tremendous engine it is for discovery. You know, when someone mm-hmm. joins Game Pass, they play forty percent more games than they did before, and that's not just games within the service; they actually play more games outside the service as well. The total number of games that they're willing to try goes up substantially. In addition to which they play 30% more genres. We see a lot of people trying different type, you know, people who have just been shooter players their whole lives, you know, they sort of rotate between like Call of Duty and Battlefield and Halo and we see those gamers, you know, trying platformers and trying puzzle games that they never would have tried before, but they know that the Game Pass catalog is highly curated, that there's new stuff coming in all the time, and they give whole new genres a try. Uh, you know, 90% of the 90% of our members say that they've tried a game that there's no chance they would have tried because it was in Game Pass. Yeah, I mean, we see the same data, right? More than a third, I think, of the Game Pass players who tried Gears of War 4 were completely new to the franchise, meaning they were they were playing their very first Gears game. And so like as a developer, when we think about developing for Game Pass 2, it, one of the things that we, we really think about is how to hook the player who's there to try something new. They might, be, they might be new to the tactics genre, they might be new to the Gears franchise, they might be new to both. And we have a few minutes of their time, they're trying something new, how do we get them hooked? And so we have to think a lot about what goes into that that first time player experience, things like the story opening, how we introduce the, the universe and the characters, uh, how we guide the player through a tutorial, like all these things kind of go into to drawing the player in and making them want to spend more time in the game. That's a that's a great point, Mike. And I think we saw a lot of that with like a Gears 5 thinking through a, hey, 
remember a lot of people enter a lot of people coming into this game it's not just going to be their first experience with gears it's going to be their first experience with a shooter yeah so really think about that in the in the game design especially that upfront piece being welcoming and accessible to new players So that leads nicely into my next question, which is about how Game Pass might change the way that you approach making these games in the first place. Is it substantially different from the way games were made before? I think more than, I, and Mike should talk about it from the perspective of a developer, but I think what, what we've heard from our developer partners, and one of the things that I think we're most excited about uh, from an ecosystem perspective is I think, you know, Game Pass because of that engine for discovery, you can create a much broader array of games. A lot games, you know, games and genres that maybe, uh, you know, that maybe have been struggling, that maybe have a hard time finding a broader audience. Suddenly, uh, those games can find can find that audience, can have that engine for discovery, and have that opportunity to reach people that might not have given the game a try if there's sort of that upfront barrier of purchasing the game. And so, if you can give the genre a try, if you can give the franchise a try for you know for essentially for free, then uh, you you can learn that hey, there's a there's this amazing there's amazing diversity in gaming uh, as an art form. And once you realize that, you're so much more open to discovery and exploration. And I think it really unlocks a uh, unlocks success for a bunch of genres that maybe were flying under the radar for all but sort of the most core gamers. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think you know one of the, the awesome thing about Game Pass is it just it lowers the barrier to trying something new. And so I think it really it empowers developers to maybe take risks and to try things that uh, that maybe they otherwise wouldn't because they'd be worried that the barrier is just too high, that someone just doesn't want to pay the upfront cost of trying something new. But um, really what you're competing for in Game Pass is someone's time. And uh, you know if they're going to lend you a few minutes of their time to try something, then it's sort of on you to to build a great experience that's going to hook them and, and draw them in. And, you know, at the end of the day, a Game Pass game is like any other game. It needs to be a great game first. Uh, it doesn't matter what platform or what distribution model we're looking at. Uh, you know, a, a great game will, will find success anywhere. But uh, I think Game Pass just really, um, you know, makes it easier for, for us to find an audience. And, you know, from the audience standpoint, I think that they experiment more and, and they really broaden their gaming horizons. The one, the other, the other big thing is, I think you know we've talked a lot about discovering. We've talked about how many games uh, members are playing on an individual basis. But another point that Mike made earlier, and that I think, and that I think merits just a little, a little bit more exploration, is um, how much you know the Game Pass community can really strengthen these uh, these gaming communities because you know. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members in particular are, you know, extremely, are extremely social. They have three times the number of social connections in the Xbox ecosystem that the average Xbox user does. And they're seven times more likely to stream gameplay on Mixer or Twitch or 
uh, or posting videos to YouTube than the average uh, than the average Xbox user. So this is a really connected, really, uh, really. Uh, this is a really connected audience and one that is uh, particularly likely to share content. And we see that build communities for games that might otherwise struggle to kind of break through. You know, the average game that goes into Game Pass sees its number of players go up by six times. And some of these smaller games, uh, particularly by indie developers, can see their user bases grow by 30 times or more. Um, and the amount of, uh, amount of conversation you're seeing around those games on Twitter or Reddit uh, or Twitch or YouTube or Mixer increases substantially as a result of that. And you kind of get this flywheel building um, where these games suddenly have real communities around them. And that's, it's particularly true for indie games, but even the biggest games, uh, like Mike was saying, you know, a lot of, when we put Gears 4 into the, uh, into the catalog and, the, and in the lead up to Gears 5, 40% of the people who played Gears 4 had never played the Gears franchise mm -hmm. before. So it was this huge, it was this great, you know, vehicle for introduction into the franchise. Um, and even, you know, a game like Minecraft, when we introduced that, we saw a 20% increase in the number of people playing uh, playing that version of Minecraft. And so even the biggest games, even giant franchises like Gears, giant franchises like Man uh, Minecraft, can see substantial increases to the size and uh, vibrancy of their community as a result of Game Pass. That that works both ways, though, right? Like right before you started uh, answering this question, I was writing down another question that came to my mind. It's like when we talk about this, the hypothetical uh, user experience in Game Pass, someone, oh, I, I have this entire library I could choose from, all these games I could choose from. Uh, but then you guys talk about, you know, people are playing more games outside of Game Pass because of Game Pass. And that has to be because of the social aspect, right, where people are, are getting drawn into these communities because of game pass and then that community might community might move on to a new game that isn't in game pass and then they're more willing to move on because they built these relationships isn't that what you guys are saying that's exactly right talk about that a little more is that something you guys predicted would happen or is that surprising it's a little bit of both you know i think the the aspect that uh we definitely anticipated is that that shared library right is hey right. I, so one of the one of the stories I like to tell is I'm I'm personally a giant fan of the Gears franchise, um, and my buddies and I from junior high, uh, we you know we play sort of each entry in the Gears franchise and have for a quite you know for a very long time. Um, but the struggle we'd always have is you know there'd always be one one guy who was a holdout and wouldn't buy the game. And everybody else would have the game day one. And then for a month, we'd have to bug one person to go get the game. And now with Game Pass, you know, I, I ensure that they are all subscribers. And uh, had we, uh, had we um, you know, now day one, everybody has the game, everybody has it pre-downloaded and we're ready to play. And so across the community, now you sort of have, you have this tremendous amount of social activity, this huge amount of sharing, this huge amount of conversation going around these games, but then you have this giant member base that everyone shares the same library. So mm -hmm. when you see the game and when you hear people talking about the game, you don't you're not faced with this decision around, hey, which one of these should I invest in? They're all available to you. All you have to do is go download. Them. 
does does Game Pass change the way that Microsoft thinks about the kinds of games it wants to make? I think that the I think what I think what it changes is it sort of to my earlier point is that it enables a broader a, a broader array of games, a much broader variety of genres and gameplay styles to succeed. Um, and I think that from that perspective, I think I, I, I'd like to hope, you know, I'm not in the, I'm not in the business of, uh, of making games and Mike should speak to this, but I think it enable the, when, when I get asked, you know, what makes a, what makes a good game in game pass, what I say is like, Hey, it's just a really good game. And it does, you don't need to think about, you don't necessarily need to think about, um, the, you don't need to make as many, I think, concessions to like business model or, you know, other mechanics to sort of drive uh, discoverability. Like Game Pass will like make that happen for you, which you should think about is building an amazing game. And then also think about, hey, think about a much broader audience. Think about what will happen when people who don't even, who have no experience with this genre, you know, get into your game. Think about that. But like mostly just make an amazing game. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it just gives us the courage to try things that we might not otherwise try with the confidence that there's going to be an audience out there that's willing to give us a try. And uh, and our, our goal then really is to make an amazing experience and then just to hook those people as quickly as we can. Right, yeah, so I was, that was actually going to be my next question, Mike. Like, what, what do you need to see from the launch, from here forward, to consider Gears Tactics a, a success? Yeah, I mean, we, we would look at things like the number of unique users, the number of people that have come into the Gears franchise for the first time through Gears Tactics. Uh, we look at the number of people that might play the Gears Tactics and then go on to play other Gears games because they've, you know, they've, they've enjoyed the franchise and now they're kind of part of that universe and that community. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are the, those are the things that we'd be looking at. It's just, it's just kind of the usage and, um, have we been successful, I guess, in our goal of, of reaching new audiences and, uh, and expanding the Gears franchise, its footprint in the gaming community overall. It does like Game Pass free you from like having to think about things like microtransactions. You guys were very sort of out front, like this game does not have microtransactions. Is that... Was that because Game Pass enables you to just say, hey, we're, we're putting out a game there that's going to get people to subscribe and, and get people interested in this other service that is more important? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think uh, I think exactly what you just said. I think having uh, knowing that, that there's a revenue stream coming through the subscription model kind of frees you from having to worry about how you're making money elsewhere. And so I think for us, you know, we wanted to just make a game that was a great fit for the, the platform and for the genre. And, um, you know, taking microtransactions out or removing microtransactions just seemed like the right thing to do for the game and for the, the player. It's not to say that games in Game Pass can't have microtransactions. No, of course. But, yeah. but for Gears Tactics, um, it just it felt like the right thing to do. And it's not something that, you know, when we're when we're worrying about the P&L for the game, we don't we don't have to, um, you know, be trying to figure out how we can maximize you know, post-sale revenue. Right. You know, I think. At the end of the day, it's really just about enabling choice, both for the members who now have, you know, a choice of how they want to engage with the games. You know, the games are still available for purchase or you can become a member, but also for developers. I think it's just one more option for how they how they monetize their game.
And then right when Gears Tactics comes to Game Pass on Windows 10, it's also going to be available for purchase on Steam. And do you need to see anything from numbers on Steam for it to be a success? Or is this just about providing choice? What is the thinking there? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely about providing choice. As Ben said, our goal is to, to kind of um, players should be able to play our games, you know, wherever they are. And um, we want to be able to reach them on any of the platforms that, that we're on. So I think, you know, being on Steam, being on Windows 10, is just about making sure that we're giving the player the choice to, to play the game how and where they want. Um, in terms of what we expect from those platforms, I think it's, you know, it's, we look at it similar to how we'd look at a, a launch, you know, before Game Pass. We have certain expectations and, and we'll kind of measure against those in terms of unit sales and, and other things. But, um, you know, I think really Game Pass just frees us up a little bit from having to be completely solely reliant on those kinds of metrics for success. So, um, you know, we've got success, what success looks like overall for the franchise and for um, the game on, on Game Pass in terms of the number of people we're reaching and bringing into the franchise. And um, we have other metrics that we look at when we're, you know, as a premium game for sale in a store. Um, but when we're kind of deciding whether to make a game or not, um, it's nice to have all those different metrics for success and not be tied to just one measure of, you know, did you sell a certain number of units at a certain price point or not? Uh, because I think it really just, again, allows us to take risks and try things that we otherwise wouldn't do. When I think about um, subscription platforms, uh, you know, the first thing I usually think about is, is Netflix, and I compare everything to that. Uh, and and one of the things that Netflix always has is, is, well, not anymore, but up to this point was Friends. And Friends is like, oh, that's the thing actually most people subscribe for is they just want to watch Friends over and over. Um, it, it, when you guys make something like Gears Tactics, is, is is anything like that in the back of your mind? Like, this needs to be the kind of game that people years down the line are like, well, I can't not have that in my library. And so I'm just going to keep subscribing because I don't want to lose that. Or, or, or is it something else? I, I don't think we're really thinking that way. I think we're just thinking about making a great game. <laughs> it's really that simple. I mean, it's hard. It sounds like it's easy to say it's simple. It's a very difficult thing to do. Uh, and it takes, you know, 99% of the team's brain power just trying to figure out how to differentiate ourselves on this platform, how to translate Gears of War into a new genre, how to reach the PC gamer and make them happy. So that's, I mean, those are the things that we're focusing on and just how do we make the experience as good as possible with the, the belief and the hope that, you know, doing that will make the game successful no matter where we are. And yes, absolutely, we'd love this to be a game that 10 years from now, people are still talking about, people are still going back into the library and playing, it's, you know, but the way to do that is just to make a great game and, uh, and, you know, the rest kind of hopefully will follow. You know, and from a, from a portfolio perspective, I think the way we look at it is we, we sort of have, to, I would say there's two, two big goals. Um, the first one is that you always have something great to play so that there's, you know, there's a wide, there's a wide variety of genres. There is, there's stuff that is made for kids. There's stuff that are, you know, core shooters. And we want to make sure that, you know, you have, you have access to some of your old favorites, but that there's also always something new to play. And then the, the big piece we do, the, the other big thing we look at is, you know, feedback from our members who are very vocal about uh, games and genres uh, that they'd like to see. 
And so we, uh, we listen pretty closely to that. I, I wonder if it makes more sense when you are trying to build out this roster of games on Game Pass to focus on more smaller games instead of fewer massive blockbusters. You know, it's really, it's really about both. It really is, you know, because again, um, our members want to see both. Like that's feedback we've heard loud and clear. Like they, they love discovering like, you know, a, that sort of small developer, a game, a developer, a game they've never heard of in a genre. Like maybe they didn't even know was a genre um, and discovering some of those, you know, quirkier kind of indie games. Uh, but they also want to see, you know, the big AAA, quadruple A hits in the service as well. And, you know, it's really no different, I would say, in that respect than, you know, any form of media where, you know, you can you can love a, you can you can really enjoy going to an art house and watching, you know, a subtitled uh, subtitled, you know, um, picture, but that doesn't mean you don't want to see the Avengers, and it's no different in games. And I think that you know we manage the catalog so that again, you kind of have you kind of have what we like to think of as kind of like the a little bit of the best of everything, uh, and then there's the entire rest of the ecosystem is kind of open for you to explore as well. You said earlier that developers are really loving Game Pass as much as gamers, if not more. And what is that based on? Is that based on them giving you direct feedback or are you seeing data that you're sharing with them and they're going, oh yeah, we love that? Uh, I'd say that, you know, for most developers, uh, developers have been very, mo you know, people who, the developers that have participated in Game Pass, I think have been tremendously impressed by the discovery and the additive nature of Game Pass, where they see so many more people playing their games um, and the community, and they really see that strengthening of the community and Game Pass introducing gamers to franchises or to developers that they had no experience with prior. And so it's really building fans for our developer partners. I think they see that, and I think that's the part that uh, that has them most excited. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But that. So that sounds to me like they might introduce a new franchise and, or, or a new IP. And maybe putting that IP on Game Pass relatively soon makes sense. And then as it gets bigger, maybe it comes to Game Pass later in its life as a sequel. Is, is that about right? You know, it's going to be different for every game. And like, it's it's one of the things that I've found is, you know, you know talking to developers uh, is they, each developer has a different strategy for each game, right? So they, even if it's like the seventh entry in the franchise or, you know, whatever, it's one of those where, hey, there's a, there's a strategy they have specific to that game based on sort of where their community's at, where the franchise is at, and Game Pass kind of fits into that strategy in a different way. And so we, we work with each developer uh, for each different title, to, to kind of get arrive at a arrive at a solution that's right for them, right for the game, right for the game's community. Well, Ben, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Jeff. It was fun. Yeah, Jeff, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, you know, Gears Tactics, you guys want to go ahead and tell everybody when they can you know, get their hands on that? Yeah, next week. So April 28th will be available worldwide, uh, Xbox, uh, Xbox Game Pass for PC, Windows 10, and Steam. Yeah, I, I started playing it yesterday. It's, uh, it, yeah. Good so far. Yeah. I, <laughs> review embargo, but yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it more then for sure. Yeah, I'll be yeah. excited to hear your thoughts on it next week for sure. 
Absolutely. Cool. All right. You guys have a good one. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week with a new episode. Until then, have a good one and goodbye.